0: What's up, guys? Here we are. Another episode of the Brew Chat Podcast. Got a fun episode for you. We got Tanner, Jared, Ian here. You guys may know Ian from our other show here on the Brew Chat Podcast Network and Chaos We Trust. And uh, yeah, go check that out if you haven't. It's a fun show. We get kind of irate and talk about a little less beer, but a little more chaos and all that. So yeah, I got a fun show for you here. We're going to be talking about Loki and Marvel shit. Uh... Yeah, and before we get into that, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits right there on Manufacturer's Road. They got everything you need to stock up your bar, which I have been doing recently. We'll get into that later on in the episode. Um, I hadn't really explored their liquor selection, and it's pretty great. They've got uh, cool cherries, like cherries that are expensive. You know, would, like I think that they're expensive is a good thing. That's not saying Riverside's expensive. It's just saying these are really fucking nice cherries. Um so yeah, I've been getting some stuff down there, experimenting with cocktails, and so I've been exploring that side of the store, and it's pretty robust. Like, their uh, whiskey selection is almost overwhelming. It's pretty great. So yeah, that's Riverside Wine and Spirits right on Manufacturer's Road, and Merchants on Main right across from Pax Brew Room. They've got tons of cool art, vinyl, vintage, and uh, more. Go check them out, and brewchat.com slash store. We've got some fun t-shirts and things. And the Hopped Up Network at thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can find, find us and hopefully soon the other Brew Chat Podcast. And yeah, I think that's all for that. I guess we'll pour some drinks and get into it here. Up, what's up what's up what's up
1: how are you guys doing you're doing great yeah me too
0: yeah i am too especially now that i regrettably am not drinking beer i do really miss
2: beer like a lot actually yeah i've been trying to cut back it is hard um especially since it's it remains in high quantity at the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so even if i don't buy it it's going to be there so it's always there in the fridge looking back at me and i just <laughs> have to be like Not today. The good thing is, is when I do drink, it's usually into great excess. And then I usually don't feel like drinking again for the next like five or six days. So I think that's, you
1: know, yeah, it's a good way to pace yourself. It's just, uh, the healthy method,
0: (laughs) which, you know, if you guys didn't tune into last week's episode for whatever asinine reason, Mm -hmm. and you're just catching up or whatever, there's some changes been coming around the brew chat parts. We've got a new show we're launching with, some uh, ladies here in town that work in the brewing industry that actually know quite a bit more about beer than Jared and I. And so they're going to be Let's kind of the away flagship there. of beer knowledge on what's now going to be the Brew Chat Podcast Network. And we've got some other shows coming down the pipe, maybe, maybe a couple with uh, old Ian here. And yeah, there, it's fun changes, but as such... We're still drinking on this show. It's basically the same show. It's just uh, I feel like it's unfair to expect us to provide incredible beer commentary when half of us can't drink mm-hmm. beer. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we're still drinking. And Hell so, yeah. I'm like I said, in my ad read for Riverside, I've been exploring their cocktail or I've just been exploring the world of cocktails. And I've always liked old fashions at bars. It's probably mm-hmm. that and a mojito is probably my favorite drinks. So I was like, any self-respecting man should know how to make a fucking old-fashioned. So I've been making old-fashions, trying a couple different, like, I learned how to make it uh, just with the raw ingredients. Like, learned how to make simple syrup, all that. Then I was like, I'm going to try buying some of this simple syrup, compare that. And then I bought, like, some old-fashioned mixes. So I've been trying different things. And uh, this is a mix. Actually, let me nab this yeah, this is Bitter Milk number 4. Cocktail mixer for a New Orleans-style old-fashioned rouge. Mm. Strong and bittersweet with licorice and spice. Handcrafted by humans in small batches without preservatives nor stabilizers. Shake well before using... I oh, didn't do that. Uh, as natural settling may occur. Oh. From Handmade in Charleston, South Carolina. It's in this, like, cool... Yeah, a little. Looks like you'd buy it in the Old West. Like a something. medicine bottle, yeah. yeah. Um, it's wormwood and Ooh, it's gentian root. But yeah, you basically uh, stir one part bitter milk to four parts rye whiskey with ice. I used bourbon instead of rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, garnish with a lemon peel. No, I did an orange, but yeah, so I, I guess mine's a little less New Orleans and more or less just regular old fashioned, but it's mm-hmm. very good.
3: Yeah, New
0: Orleans style. Yeah, it is pretty good. And I don't know shit about whiskey, so I'm not even going to try to talk about that.
3: You'll learn. Yeah, Yeah, I'll learn. I'm just saying
0: right now, I don't know shit about whiskey to even, like, Uh, let me just see here. Yeah, I just smell cherries. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm entering the same world. Uh, Upon your recommendation and really my own hype, I did go to that uh, new Tiki bar um last week yeah 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 and uh speaking of drinking to excess i went a little crazy because those drinks were so good and you didn't like especially the blue hawaii that they have there it was it's one of the best like tasting it was like a dessert i couldn't taste any alcohol although i'm certain there was quite a bit because (laughs) man i ended up having five drinks and then went and did comedy one of the worst sets i've done since i've come back (laughs) and then um because I had more beers there, too. Because, you know, I'm a fucking monster. And, um, yeah, so um, cocktails are the shit, though. I, I like them. I just have to learn how to pace myself
0: better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the ones I've been mixing at home, I've been going about 90% on the liquor. Instead of a full shot, about a 90% shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then dialing up the other, the other liquid ingredients a little bit to uh, balance it out a little bit. So I don't get super trashed, but also I'm
1: kind of a sipper anyway, so it works out. I'm going to be learning more about bourbons and whiskeys and scotches because over at Acropolis, we are a certified bourbon bar Mm. and uh, we have some crazy, like 30 different bourbons or something like that Um, from a whole wide range. We've got like elevations from a single uh, distillery and all that, Uh, Weller. If you know your bourbons. Um, but there's like five different bottles that's like green label, white label, black label. And uh, I'm hoping to uh, get through some of them, do some sampling. Dude, yeah. One of the, one of the owners talked to me about uh, the bourbon trail and like going to uh, Jack Daniels and stuff like that. And if you guys need like a, a media situation with that, I'll, I'll, you know, All right. I'd be willing to step up. Yeah, yeah I'll let you yeah, yeah, don't
0: twist my arm about it. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I'm going to be yeah. learning a whole lot more about him in the coming weeks. Nice, yeah.
0: yeah. I, uh, I also, back to what Ian was saying real quick, I think I may be your unintentional guinea pig on just life, mm. is I got off Facebook because of something you said and then you got off Facebook. I started building a bar or not a physical bar, but just like, a like yeah. Yeah. Stocking liquors a bar. and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stocking a bar, a home bar. Um, yeah. home bar because of you saying like, I'm going to start drinking more cocktails and
2: it, like the Facebook thing. I was like,
0: yeah, that's a good fucking idea. And I'm
2: going to do that too. I, it's, it's, it's my cult of personality. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, you know, I'm a trendsetter. I don't know what to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Trailblazer.
2: So if you, what I'm saying is,
0: if you start a cult,
2: I'm in. I'm wearing a yeah. T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says future cult. It's a um, last podcast I didn't podcast. even notice that. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: But, yeah,
0: what are you drinking over here, Jerry? I was
1: going to say, speaking of awesome, we are drinking this Prismatic Passion Tart Wheat Ale with red currant, cherry, and passion fruit from Aloji Brewing Company. And, uh, yeah, we pretty much this guy off. That almost looks like, yeah.
0: looks like a mead or something. Yeah.
2: kind of looks like a rosé. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it looks very tart, cherry. Um, I don't know what red currant is. I hate black currant. That's like black licorice, and it is terrible. Is it currant or currant? I don't know. I, don't
2: no, know I always said currant, but um, it may be currant. It's, um, I think it's a fruit. I have no
0: idea what it is. Let's ask the Googler here. What was that red currant? Yeah. What is red currant here? Uh, the red currant. It's one word. Oh, no, they spell it two different ways here. Uh, the red currant or red currant is, oh, is a. It,
1: is that the pronunciation on there? Cur-
0: Current. It could be. I always, I mean.
1: Which part's capitalized?
0: It's like. I always pronounce things the fanciest way possible because I assume. hmm. That's how it's pronounced, but it could be red redcurrant. Uh, is a member of the genus Ribes in the gooseberry family. It is native across Europe. The species is widely cultivated and has escaped into the wild in many regions.
2: Berry, so, berries count as fruit, right? I think I still got that yeah,
0: right. It's a, yeah, it's just a little. I thought it was a spice. It sounds like a spice, but it, yeah, it's a berry. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, it's pretty good in here. Um, uh, Tallahassee, Florida doesn't tell me anything about it. Ologybrewing.com. com. But yeah, no, we went through it pretty quick. It is, it's tart and it doesn't feel like a wheat ale, really. It seems pretty light. Yeah,
2: it feels. I mean, it almost doesn't even feel like a beer and oh, it is it's almost kind of like a punch drink. Yeah. Cuz I just drink a big punch yeah, drink. Yeah, it uh,
1: yeah, it looks it looks like punch like a little more on the orangey side. Like I said it looks like that a cider a red or red something. Yeah, or like yeah. like you said a mead. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty tasty. I'm gonna sip on this while during some of these other ones cuz we got a couple others over here. One of them you can have, Tanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you know because you picked these up.
0: Yeah, I might. It's <laughs> a chance. There's a chance, Cotton.
1: Yeah, but uh, you want to get it? You want to get it, or you want to hold off with your? your uh, no, nice we can drink. pour it. I'll okay. pour it though, just cause right, like, yeah.
0: I don't know how careful I have to be with this gluten thing yet, and so oh. I've read oh. that for some people it can be as severe as, like, uh. Like if I had it super severe. And say my girlfriend ate a pizza mm. or drank a beer and then kissed me. I Some people are affected by that even.
2: So it's like a peanut oh, allergy wow. kind of thing? Yeah.
0: And then uh, I have noticed that cross-contamination gets me. Because I wasn't paying attention the other day. And I I made me and my lady some sandwiches. And uh, I used the same knife mm. to like spread mayonnaise and mustard and shit on there. And... I didn't even think about it until I was already doing it. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Surely not. Surely. Yeah. And uh, no, sure enough, it got me. Damn. Yeah, it got me. Oh, just doing that. So, yeah. So I will pour my bit of that. Whoa. Whoa. Did not expect that. I did not expect that.
1: Have we had this beer on here before? We've had
0: this beer, but I don't think we've had the seltzer version. Okay. okay. So, and then I will give that. That is all y'all Speaking
2: now. of drinks that don't look like beer. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so this is bright bright like uh fucking i was trying to think of a marvel character that was blue to stick with the theme tonight
2: uh captain america has, yeah it? it's
0: like a good captain america blue here i
2: mean we put it right yeah. next to the red and then we get another one that's like more clear and we got you know our american beers
0: it's just melted popsicles yeah that is all this is it's
2: what it looks like
0: yeah this is Melted alcoholic popsicles. Nah, I'm good now. Oh, right,
2: right, right, right.
1: Yeah, so These that, don't have ABVs on them. It's a crime. Right?
0: Okay. Oh, I no think no no. that the should prismatic, be a
1: crime. Prismatic Passion is 6%. This here, Hard Seltzer is 5%. Gluten-free and vegan. You know, speaking of all this, all this uh, gluten-free stuff, there was a liquor rep in over at Acropolis yesterday and he was peddling gluten-free vodka. And I didn't say anything, but I was thinking, isn't vodka gluten-free? Yeah, that's horse shit,
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's Whole Foods selling gluten-free
1: apples. Right. we ended up getting some because the price was right just for vodka. We we have like a a rotating stock of liquors and wines and stuff like that that we'll just go through. It's like,
2: it's like some people are using gluten-free, like, all-natural. Like, because everything is they, they will
0: natural. use it for that. And that's something I've discovered is, like, it, it's been a whole journey, like, for real. And, uh, and a big learning curve. And it's given me some empathy for my dad, who has this along with a red meat allergy. And so... Being able to do that with him a little bit, and because I cook, he doesn't. He's got my mom for that. Like mm. I don't I don't know I know my dad knows how to cook one meal and that shit on a shingle, <laughs> which is like a can of like beef stew or beans or whatever you got on a piece of toast. Oh my God. Um, that's a survival meal. That's all that is. That's <laughs> that's not a meal for enjoyment. That's a survival meal. And he just, yeah, it's like I feel for the poor guy because he just, he's eating whatever he wanted. And all of a sudden, it's like a, a staunch, like, no, you are not allowed to eat this stuff now. Yeah. And it, I guess a little easier for me because I didn't eat too much bullshit anyway. I wasn't the healthiest eater. Like I'd eat fast food about once a week or whatever, but um I don't know. It's not that hard of a pivot for me to make. It's more of a pain in the ass just having to pay attention mm-hmm. and not get myself cross-contaminated. Yeah. That's my pain in the ass. Well, he's not even started thinking about cross-contamination. He's he was proudly eating Doritos and I was like, "No, nah, man, you can't eat Doritos." Which sidebar here? Hey, Frito-Lay or whoever fucking produces Doritos. Word on them screets is uh, you guys are selling gluten-free Doritos in Canada. Hmm. Selling to those bullshit people. They don't even know what gluten is. Fucking host. No, I love Canada and Canadians. Um, Yeah, bring that shit down here, yo. I will gladly buy gluten-free Doritos and there's no reason your product shouldn't be gluten-free already. It's just a cross-contamination issue. Fix that shit. I'll buy the fuck out of gluten-free Doritos. Um, my dad would too. Uh, yeah, so it's just been hard for him figuring out foods, and he's not even gotten to the level of thinking about cross-contamination yet. And so the other day I was over there, I was like, nah, man, let's go through your medicines and your vitamins and, like, whatever you're taking, and let's research this while I'm here, and let's figure it out. Well, the red meat allergy, there's some... Uh, Medicines he can't take because they'll they'll put like pig parts or something in medications, really yeah, like um I don't want to get into that too much because I don't want to give away his medical issues. just I don't think he would care, but just mm-hmm. HIPAA um, but yeah, so yeah, it's been a huge pain in the ass for him, so me trying to figure shit out and then relaying that to him has been super helpful. And so I've been trying to bring that to the podcast as well in case we've got any gluten-free listeners. So this week on, I guess, Restaurant Watch is apparently Sushi nabe is very gluten. Well, I mean, sushi and shit is in general, but uh, like soy sauce and like the sauces aren't. Right. And most Asian sauces have soy and fish sauce in them. So the fact that Sushi nabe will go the links to like... They're gluten-free. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That was my first job ever down there.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. I may have seen okay. you there. I used to go all the time. I, I, I don't find myself in Coolidge much anymore these days. Nah,
0: it's a pain in the ass to go down there. I'll go and put my kayak in down there, and it's just like every time. But well, we, I was talking about all that
1: gluten stuff because you had mentioned something about vodka. Right. Yeah. This guy comes on in, and he's like, hey, I got this gluten-free vodka that's this new thing we got. And, uh, my GM's doing the ordering and he's like, we'd tasted a couple things. They had some Tanqueray orange, uh, which I made a Tanqueray and soda with and we tasted it and it was pretty good. Um, a little orange slice, you know, and, uh, and he was like, I got this gluten-free vodka and I didn't say anything cause it's not my place. been there for two weeks and, uh, the GM pretty much orders well, a little bit of everything if there's a good deal on it and he thinks it might move. And so uh, he snags some of his gluten-free vodka. We, as you've seen, Tanner, uh, I don't know if you've been over there, Ian, but we have a gluten-free menu. Pure distilled vodka, even if made with wheat, barley, or rye, is considered gluten-free. Most yeah, vodkas for- are safe for people with celiac disease because of the distillation process, which is exactly yeah. what I thought.
0: Yeah, distillation <laughs> removes gluten. Fermentation does not. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think we we, did, we actually went through this on the other show. We like I mm-hmm. believe so. We were talking about... Uh, um, you know what was like was liquor or maybe that was after an episode we were talking about. It. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I remember looking it up and going like, oh, most liquor is
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me very yeah, happy about there... my whiskey because I assumed I exactly. could not. But yeah, but um, so we're gonna get some. We he ordered a couple bottles. It's like, I mean, it's it's it was cheap for for the price. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's this much really for the case, but I'll give you a bottle. For that price, you know, because I'm trying to hype it. He was like, "All right, so we're getting a bottle of it. We're also." I wonder if some it says it on the tempore. bottle. Probably, but I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen it. I will, because I'm uh, I'm working on inventory in the bar and everything. Yeah, that a new shelf to sheet list and everything, and then I'm gonna get up in it. Yeah, that's it like
0: that's like Dasani putting gluten free on their bottle, right? You know, like that's pretty much what I thought. Whole yeah. Foods got caught uh, a couple years back putting it on fruit. Like having separate gluten free fu- fruit. Oh, no. And, wow. and charging slightly more for it.
1: I remember that. Yeah, I remember that yeah.
0: happening. Back, this Fucking was back stupid. when gl- gluten free was like the new trend diet. Right. Um, and there are actually people that, you know, that are gluten intolerant, come to find out.
1: Yeah, but if you're actually gluten intolerant, you should know that fruit yeah. is not yeah. something you have to yeah. worry about. Yeah.
0: It was a suck. Which, you know what? Actually, now that we've we've unpacked this, mm-hmm. uh, fuck em. I don't hate Whole Foods for doing that. No. At first I did. When we started this, I hated them for it. But now I don't because you said that. And I'm like, no, if you're actually gluten-free, you know better. You know better. And if you're one of these dumb fad dieters, you don't mm. know better. So fuck off. And uh, yeah, you pay $5 a piece for an orange or yeah, whatever fuck it was. You. Oh, my God.
2: I, I know for a fact that I... I, I can handle gluten because I love uh, the vegan meat substitute Satan, yeah. yeah, which is like pure gluten, yeah, yeah, and it's so good. I get it every time I go to Sluggo's. <laughs>
0: w- yeah, there's a new place in town called like uh, the Satanist or something, and it's like <laughs> a a Satan restaurant, and Se-tonic. everything they post looks so goddamn delicious, but I can't have any of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically like a very dense bread, is the way I... Mm. It's also called, uh, like, um, overseas, it's, called, it's known as imitation duck. Because mm. um, it apparently very, has a very similar flavor to duck meat. Interesting.
3: Hmm.
0: I bet I would love that. Because I love foie gras. Foie gras, to me, is like, I wonder if I could still have foie gras.
1: i Google it, but I don't know how, how to spell it. At they're like rice noodles, or whatever. I'm it's not even... I rice. know there's,
0: like, duck liver involved somewhere in it. But outside of that, I don't even really know what foie gras is. Hmm. I don't know how to spell it. I don't know what it is. There's duck liver somehow involved,
2: but it's delicious. Just search uh, best dishes with duck liver. Let's
1: see.
3: I
2: I think it's
1: F-O-I-E-G-R-A-S. Wow.
2: It'll definitely be on the top, if there's a top 10 list of best duck meat dishes. Because that's the only one I've ever really heard of. That's Um, Other than just roast Christmas duck.
1: It's smiling at me.
0: (laughs) Oh, there it is. Okay, okay. I got the spelling now. Mm F-O-I-E-G-A-R-S.
1: You got it right. Yeah, yeah, I did get it right.
0: Nailed it. Uh, Foie gras is a specialty food product made of the liver of a duck or goose. According to French law, foie gras is defined as the liver of a duck or goose fattened by gavage. Mm -hmm. In Spain... In other countries, it is occasionally produced using natural feeding. So I think they like force feed the duck, get it super fucking fat, and then it's just the liver.
2: Get that liver just full of toxins. Mm. Yeah, like, Look how delicious this shit looks. Oh, man.
1: I
0: like this one
2: here. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah I like
0: that one. That one looks pretty good. Um, <clears throat> that one that's still in the pan looks pretty good, too.
2: Yeah, some of these don't look great. <laughs> Those look like just bologna. Right. Like yeah. Duck bread. I something. think it, it may just, be essentially raw. raw. Like, do they process it and like sausage yeah. it?
0: Yeah. I think it's like sausaged up. Cause when you, I don't know anywhere to get it. Uh, like not raw, but just like if you were wanting to prepare it yourself, I don't know where to buy that. I've seen it frozen at Publix. I've seen it frozen at Publix, but uh, and even then, it's still expensive.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The one time I've ordered it, it was $35. <laughs> God. It was so worth it, though. Hmm. And it was an appetizer for $35. Jesus. Yeah.
2: yeah. Where did you get that? Was it in town?
1: St. John's. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've
3: been there
1: once, I think. Their fries were like twelve bucks, so I was like, nah.
0: I had a splurge night. This is when I was doing like my marketing research job, and uh, I just had like stupid money coming in. Yeah, the more I drink of this uh, rocket pop thing, I don't. It's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty
2: damn sweet. It does taste like a melted pop. Signal. Yeah, like it's yeah, also. Doing a lot I'm of not sweet ones over here. I'm not huge on um, seltzer drinks anyway, but like. I like them to have somewhat of a natural flavor, and this just tastes yeah. like fruit punch. Like it,
1: it, Yeah, it tastes fake.
2: Like the last one did, you know, a little bit, but this one really does. It tastes like bug juice or, like, you know, those mm-hmm. remember those little, like, barrels with the tinfoil? Little hugs. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. They're great with some Goldschlager, mm. for the record, from what I remember. I've not had mm. one of those, and God damn, man. I probably had some in college mixed with some Goldschlager. It was probably the last time I had them.
0: What was the stupidest thing you drank in
1: college? The camel piss. At not, our house. not regularly, but just
0: like... Yeah,
1: at our, at our old house in Rockville. <clears throat> this was post-college, but either way. Um, it was... We had, we had parties all the time. People were constantly coming over. So we had bottles and bottles of booze, and we would drink through them. And when there was maybe point 0.1 or just like a shot or so, half a shot left in the bottle, we'd dump it in a decanter. And it just, you know, we just dump the bottles and dump the bottles. Eventually the decanter fills up and we have a party and get drunk enough. And one of us is like, I dare you to drink the fucking camel piss. <laughs> and so naturally we do. And we can't just, the, those of us who live there anyway, can't just let that one person do it alone. So the four of us, that's me and Will and our friend from Saudi and Juan, uh, we all would drink the camel piss. And then naturally, a few other people would join in, and then, you know, time would go by and we would refill it and all that. And so eventually it got really gross. Yeah. How did it taste, though? Terrible. I imagine. It tasted like. like I was just hoping that, like, it oddly was delicious. For a while, it was tolerable. And then we added Goldschlager and then we added Jaeger, and that's when it went downhill. The Jaeger will push it over the edge. Yeah. But you could see like the gold flecks from the Schlager like starting to turn white and like grow something. So I was like, that's, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> that was right before
0: I left. We drank it one more time before I left. Yeah, mine was probably, uh, I had a friend that would make, it was basically just a punch and he would show up with it in like one of those uh, like, it was a clear, you know, those like giant drink containers. They'll have it like sports practices and mm-hmm. sports ball games. It was one of those, but it was clear so you could see the color. Oh, God. And it he called it antifreeze because it looks like antifreeze. <laughs> I have no idea to this day what was in it. Jesus. But uh, it didn't taste bad, but it got you fucked
2: up. One time when, when I, my old band was on tour, we were playing in, uh, in North Carolina at this basement show, but it was with a lot of really big bands. So it was this crazy, like, Halloween house party that uh, a bunch of really cool bands were, were playing. And uh, uh, <laughs> after the show, like, because the people who booked the show owned the house, they're like, hey, and if you need to crash here, absolutely. So we're like, absolutely, we'll stay. And it, you know, of course, was a big after party. And um, we ended up in the uh, basement area where the show happened. Uh, Hacky sacking with a couple of dudes who said they were in skull and bones, and uh, they had this uh, homemade liquor that was in Mountain Dew bottles that they they called it diesel,
3: <laughs>
2: and it, I mean it tasted just like moonshine. I think it was just some kind of moonshine, but they said they, they that uh, it'll a car will run off of it. Yeah, wow. And so we, uh, yeah, I drank some of that and then talked about how like. So Cause at the time, that was back when I was like super into Alex Jones and shit. So like, you're in Skull and Bones, you're the enemy. I mean, and like now that even now that I'm not into Alex Jones anymore, I don't. I still think Skull and Bones is probably the enemy. But <laughs> like, it's just weird that like they're like, yeah, no, we'll you know, you're all doomed, but we are gonna play hacky sack and you can have some of our diesel.
0: Dude, yeah, I've I've been around redneck guys that call it fuel or. Yeah. I miss hacky sack. That should come back. It never came back around
3: though.
2: Yeah. It
0: sort of was our generation and then it died.
2: We yeah. uh we t- we always had one in the van with us because a there's when you're on tour there's a lot of sitting around and waiting and bored and mm-hmm. you're bored. But also like you know, when you're trying to get, you know, famous, you, you know, in a band, you know, there you think of creative ways to engage with your fans and having a hacky sack Circle going, and then having like random kids walk up is like, "Can I join?" We're like, "Yeah, come on in." It was all, it was awesome. Correct. It was one Can of the
0: best. Grab the sack. No, I just remember like being in college and like meeting people that way. You just see some people hacky sack, and you just walk up. Yeah. yeah so. And trip them.
3: Yeah, <laughs> steal their
0: hacky sack, <laughs> run off, kick him right in the sack. <laughs> I did kick a kid's ball like that one time, though, (laughs) is he kept kicking it at us. We were, like, trying to grill out in the park, (laughs) and he kept kicking it, like, trying to hit us with it. But doing that thing kids do, it's like, sorry, missed. Mm -hmm. You know, pretending he's not trying to kick it that way, but it's like, dude, I played this game. Like, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're fucking doing. I took that thing, and I fucking punted that as far as I could. I sent that ball. I don't even know where it went. It was in, hey. it was in Renaissance Park, so there's, like, all those trees. I yeah. sent that thing. <laughs> I was aiming for the, like, muskrat <laughs> pond or whatever that is down right. there. But it was, like, I couldn't see it. I just knew it was, like, that direction past some trees. <laughs>
2: I think I want to get a hacky sack now and just take it out back at JJ's next time I'm there and see, see what happens. Dude, you them. should. You should. Spot for you should. Yeah.
0: I'll hacky sack with you. That's a great spot to hacky sack. I'll tell you who else will hacky sack with you. I'll put money right now he will hacky sack with. Reed Landry.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reed Landry probably has a hacky sack. Like I probably just don't even need to get one. He's like, hey, that Reed. dude, you look at him, you're like, that dude hacky sack. Bring your hack, bro. He's like, my hack. How do you know I have a hack? I'm like, how do you, uh, how do you not have a hack? Come on, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he hacks
2: read yeah. hacks Reed yeah so
1: yeah <laughs> so before we open another beer or talk about loki i do want to bring up something that i've been meaning to talk about for a couple weeks now yeah which is the lost art of the guitar solo mm. and i think i think both of you guys can appreciate this you and mentioned sort of this when i know- was
0: showing you joe
1: satriani last week yeah yeah because, well, I mean, he's a great guitar player. Yeah. So
2: my, my friend, come to the dark side because the guitar solo is alive and well in the world of heavy metal.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll refine it to the the mainstream guitar solo. Yeah.
2: Well, guitar music in general is not really mainstream anymore. It's there's you got like a a few smuttering of bands here and there mm-hmm. that are still kind of rock, but even then they have like a DJ usually in like, you know, production. It's mostly electronic and I think that's kind of the way it's going to go until there's a big retro thing and kids dude. kids start playing guitar again to be ironic. Yeah. You just
0: blew my yeah. fucking mind with that. I don't listen to a lot of top 40s. I listen to them more in college.
1: I hate top 40.
0: But yeah, dude, you're right. Like once uh I don't know, maybe 2007 or eight maybe it started but yeah guitar music is not mainstream anymore no, it's well not. that's fucking you just blew my goddamn mind well, with that <laughs> jam
2: jam culture is even kind of niche now yeah like it's kind of like what metalheads are like, yeah where it's like they're people you see and when you see the way they're dressed you're like i know what bands that person listens to mm-hmm. and but it's not like for a while there it was starting to bleed into the mainstream and you'd see like you know you know normal people would be like oh yeah i listen to this but then now it's not really it's 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 um I mean, also like new music is a young person's game, uh, mm-hmm. really, and so it's like, the, you know, the pulse of what's happening is always decided by people in their twenties, uh, if not younger. Mm. And I'm 38, so it's like, I, you know, there no one is putting writing like, you know, top 40 songs and going. I hope Ian Sharp loves this, like,
3: mm-hmm. so. Right.
2: So I don't get bent out of shape about it, but because, uh, like I said, I love metal, and metal's here to stay. Like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna take that away. Um, but uh, it's. You know, it's it's a weird time, you know?
1: Yeah. It's all been feeling really derivative to me lately, too. Oh, it, I mean... Fucking, there's... Well, because The Overhead at Acropolis and, and at Big River and anywhere you go has more well-known music or whatever. Mm. And it's got some new songs, and uh, there's just a couple that are just like, oh, I've heard this song. This is You Give Love a Bad Name. This is, you know... This other song that's already made. this is bells canon. This is you know whatever. You, you it's see, just it's all. It, it's not all been done before. Obviously, there's you know infinite combinations of instruments and lyrics and melodies and all that stuff. But it's it seems like it's just all been done. Or people are getting lazy.
2: Yeah, well, to be fair, you do see that in metal too. Like metal's real bad okay. about like one innovative band will come along that like redefines the sound, mm-hmm. and then like a hundred bands will. Come behind and go, Oh, we're going to do what they're doing, and it just becomes the new subgenre. And it's mm. like, you know, when I remember, like, you know, being younger, I mean, obviously, that's been a thing that's been around since, like, you know, metal started because you had thrash metal and early death metal and all that stuff. Uh, I, I contend that there's as many subgenres of metal as there are types of music, mm. uh, other types of music, plus a few extra that are exclusive mm. just to metal. So, um, there's a lot of variety out there, but it's always usually just this one band that got it started. And then everyone else is like, instead of doing our own thing, let's just keep writing their songs, you know? Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, some bands do it really well. I love, you know, thrash metal is the most derivative style of metal. I think that exists because there is a formula and you stick to it. And as long as you do that, I'm probably still going to like it.
0: Dude, there's (laughs) a band. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it when they do it really well. And it's like very clear who they're imitating. Uh, I think the band's called Airborne.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, just yeah. like
0: they're like, nah, we fucking love ACDC. Yeah, we play ACDC, and it's all just ACD sound. It's like new ACDC music. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. And uh, but question though, you're a music person, is like, I don't know the way, and especially like knowing how to play guitar. I feel like music in a certain way is kind of like gold or Bitcoin or whatever. Like, there's only so many ways you can combine notes and do certain. And I get Mm -hmm. like once you break down and you're like adding in, like, oh, we're going to take this melody from this instrument and drop it in here, combine it with this. That's never been combined with that instrument, you know, but still, even with that. There's only a, a finite amount, yeah, of combinations of it, its things.
2: It's a finite amount, but it's still a pretty massive, yeah, it's number. fucking massive. And then especially yeah. when you bring in like your own like s- the sound of your voice if you're singing yeah. too, mm-hmm. that's really what you can like. You can have two people who play like identically like guitar style, but then have very different voices and you can, you know, they, it puts its own thing on it yeah. or like two very similar guitar players with two very different drummers, right. you know, and, and, and every, that's, that's kind of the the beauty of music is that it's like, it's so like, I mean, in a way if there's parallels with like, I mean, I guess any art, but I, in my head comedy where it's like, there's definitely a science and trusting mm-hmm. and learning the science is very good. It's very good way to build fundamentals, but once those fundamentals are there, you kind of got to let the science go mm. and let it become more of an organic kind of thing. Mm. And, and I think that's that's kind of how, but like, it, definitely both of those go, and I assume other art forms as well. But um, you know, like when you're first starting out, you just got to grind those scales. You know, you got to mm. work up your, uh, you know your your muscle memory in your hands so that you can always hit the note when you want to hit it. Uh, and once you do that, then you can start actually. Not thinking about it and mm-hmm. just, you know, expressing yourself through it, I guess, is a way to put it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, through that, that's really where I think a lot of the originality comes out. Mm-hmm. Because it's once once you get past the OK, I can play Metalli- every Metallica song. But what does a song that I sound right, you know, sound like? Well, early on, probably Metallica. But then, when you do it for a while, you're going to do what Metallica did and be like, "Actually, this is boring. Let's do stuff that no one wants to hear, but mm-hmm. we want to play." Mm-hmm.
0: No, you're exactly right. Because like, I think back to when I was in guitar lessons as a kid, and he would have me run scales to a metronome at like, I think it was like 65 BPM, like 85, 100, 110, and like 125 or something. And he would have me just run. I had five scales that he taught me to run up and down the neck. And at the time he was teaching me that the, I fucking hated it. Like it was miserable. Mm -hmm. Like that to me was the biggest fucking grind of having to learn guitar. So, Hey, if you're out there learning guitar, like do this, it fucking sucks. But if you want to get good at guitar, this is how you do it. Grind it. He would just fucking have me grind these scales. And it's like, dude, I fucking want to play songs. Mm -hmm. And he's like, scales scales like i felt like for a year or two it was just scales chord shapes and are good too here but if you learn those scales first you learn the notes that make up, that chords, make up the chords so yeah. then you can make your own chords
1: and you can see the shape as you're going
0: yeah and uh yeah, now i am so appreciative of that because i can do what you were talking about ian where i can just you tell me what key you're in. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I've forgotten most of my music theory shit and I mostly play by ear, but you tell me what key you're in or just a rough idea. Fucking I can jam with you. And that's such a cool skill to fucking have. And it's so enjoyable and I wouldn't trade it for the fucking world. If my hands got maimed, I would like, I would blow my brains out, but I couldn't even do that because I don't have hands.
2: You'd become the sorcerer Supreme. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I had another point I was getting. Oh, yeah. And then what you were saying on top of that is I agree with you is that it. I don't know. I guess it gets back to that old adage. of It's like you've got to learn the rules before you can break them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like anybody that's an artist and whatever, whether you're making movies or music or whatever, I feel the people that are like really good at it are those people that they learned the rules and they're like, no, we can break them this way.
2: Well, mm-hmm. And also like uh, this thought just kind of occurred to me if if all you really want to do is like l- learn how to play songs and you don't want to actually learn how to like mm. craft them that's kind of the same as like I don't want to learn how to draw I just want to trace this Marvel comic really well.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. And some I've people, never thought
0: about it like that but that's exactly it.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah. It's, it's that's really like you know that's all all cover bands are fucking tracers. I don't know if you guys ever saw <laughs> <That's> Chasing <laughs> Amy. My god. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. I never got that joke. It's been years since I've seen Chasing Amy, but yeah, I lo- I'm going to have to rewatch that yeah, movie fucking now. Fucking tracers. That so you, you joke know,
2: just connected for me. You know, they're doing clerks three. They just announced yeah, that
0: today. Yeah. Hmm. I'm a fan of, of Kevin Smith, man. Yeah.
2: Although I'll say this. I, I love all his movies and most of the stuff he's put out. A lot of his comics are really good too. Um, I'm really excited for he man. Um, he was on this past weekend. They did the D and D live stream, which is like oh, yeah. where they announce all the new products, which this year sucked because everything leaked to the internet. So there was, there's no real reason to watch it, but they do a lot of like celebrity streams. And this time, cause they partnered with G four, they were actually able to get like a pretty hot, you know, good table. It had like Kevin Smith and Jason Mews playing a two headed Etten monster. Oh my God. Um, then there was, uh, like Jack Black was at that table. Uh, <laughs> Reggie Watts was there. Tiffany Haddish, And uh, Kevin Smith seemed like he sucks to play D and D with, like just straight up. I could see that. He just wouldn't. He he just wanted to hog the spotlight. Uh, Like Jack Black, the DM. No, no, it was like a professional DM. But uh, Jack Black was like you would think he'd be loud and like you know in the way, and he was really just like kind of sitting back. And Kevin Smith was really just taking charge and jumping in every chance he could. And it's like, come on, man, like it's a game. Share the share the Uh table, buddy. Yeah. You're a nerd. You're supposed to know this.
1: Yeah, he. uh, That's why I was was thinking maybe he was the the DM. Yeah, I like like Kevin Smith a lot,
0: but he. uh, I mean, he's not a technical director. He tells a story. That's it. He's not doing anything fancy, and I like that. He doesn't pretend to be doing like Christopher Nolan type shit. Mm -hmm. And like, if you gave me the choice to go to dinner with Christopher Nolan or Kevin Smith. That choice is pretty easy, it's going to be Kevin Smith, and we're going to go get something fun to eat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We're not going to go like yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be pretentious if we went with uh, Christopher Nolan,
2: but uh, Christopher Nolan probably doesn't have time. he's probably working on his yeah. next ma- m- you know masterpiece film yeah. you know experience
0: where he's teamed up with Elon, and there's two versions of him running around out there <laughs> but uh yeah, I like Kevin Smith, but yeah, I've been watching his podcast. For a while, and they've recently changed the, not like the actual like show format, but just the f- technical format of how they're doing the show. It fucking sucks, and I hate it, mm. and it's just like, and as a podcast producer, it's like, you guys can do this better. You're a filmmaker, man. Yeah. Like this can be better. Like the audio isn't even balanced. Oh, I and don't it's think like
2: I don't think he's doing it. Oh, I right. know that,
0: but it just it seems like he would pick up something along the road, well, you know.
2: You know, I mean my my attitude always is if my you name You live in
0: China for thirty years, you're gonna learn a little Chinese. Yeah, if
2: my my well I mean, if my name is attached to something, I want it to be the best it can be. Uh, yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't it doesn't make sense why he would just be fine unless maybe he's just tired and just like, you know what, this is just a fun thing I do. Yeah. If no one listens, I don't care, so the quality doesn't really even matter. Yeah.
0: But it just, uh, yeah, it's it's just frustrating. But I love his movies; they're entertaining. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was actually gonna make a new drink, so we could just take a quick break. Yeah. And. Mission. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
1: Acropolis.
0: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's good to be
0: Uh, back. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about Loki now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Loki. So that show just ended. I felt like after last week, Jared and I reviewed Black Widow and uh, we did some predictions for Loki. And I think that episode came out the day after Loki's finale did. Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like it would be inappropriate if we didn't
1: tie the tie the
0: knot on that because that show got fucking crazy. And, yeah, there's a lot to say about it. A, I was I was like halfway right, maybe mostly right, depending on how you look at it, in my prediction, of that uh, it would be somebody working for Kang. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, and, yeah, by the way, spoilers, people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't
2: know. You watched
0: it, it today, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't mention Kang, but. No,
2: but we know it's him. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he talks about how it th- his whole backstory, which, uh, which well, I mean, we'll get to, but.
2: Me- meta knowledge, they, uh, um, they cast that actor as King the Conqueror mm-hmm. in the next Ant Man movie.
1: Oh, I did. I saw
0: that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, yeah. I knew that the minute he showed up in that elevator or whatever, I was like, huh. Like, I turned into that Leonardo DiCaprio meme there for mm. a brief moment. It was just like, there we are. And uh, yeah, I knew, but I thought it was amazing
2: how they let that unfold. Yeah. And, and what's, yeah, it
0: was
1: good.
2: What's awesome is, I, I mean, I'm a huge Jonathan Majors fan uh, just from Lovecraft Country. I thought he was phenomenal in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, <laughs> the, the fact, I mean, it's a totally different character than he was in that show. But like what, what's funny to think about is because of the way they're doing it, uh, I, when he shows back up, it'll probably be a totally different character. Yeah. Like he probably yeah, won't man. act the same way, um, probably won't have the same mannerisms. And that right. just shows how talented that guy is. They're like, hey, you you can join the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you're gonna have to play like 50 different characters. Yeah, I mean, chips. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, not? <laughs> yeah it just blows he my did a mind great job.
0: how well, because Kang in the comics has been one of the goofier, like a devastating villain certainly, but as far as like his lore and stuff is definitely goofier. And as far as I'm concerned in the comics, he basically, in the same way that time travel is a fun retcon and an easy retcon for storytelling or like parallel dimensions and stuff is a really out for really easy out for storytelling. Mm-hmm. A character like Kang was a really easy out when they needed a Thanos level villain to come out of nowhere.
2: And because there's so many variants, like they could always just that could be the, the the twist at any time. Like, oh, this person you've been dealing with the whole time turns out is also a Kang. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's even a good guy Kang that's known as Iron Lad. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: So in the comics, it's uh, I think Reed Richards' son. Yeah, Frank. Well, right. it's his
2: it's his uh, descendant. Uh, descendant. Yeah. It's because it, it is they the the time frame they put him from like the thirty second. Thirty
1: uh, first century. Thirty first yeah.
2: century was is about accurate, I think and uh he so he's a descendant of reed mm-hmm. richards and uh his name is franklin richards and like in his youth he comes back in time and joins the young Adventures as iron lad um in his like middle age he's King the conqueror and then as an old as an older man he goes and he's this character named immortus and that's kind of what who what we saw in this show was that even though they didn't call him immortus they called him the uh Oh, what was the name of that?
1: At the end of time or
2: uh, It was the uh um, the He Who Remains. He Who Remains who is a different Marvel character, but they just lumped him together cuz because yeah. why not? They're not going to use He Who Remains for anything else.
1: You got enough going on that you're setting up as it is.
2: And and Amortis in the comics has done kind of had kind of the same role as He Who Remains anyway. But he, in the comics He Who Remains is who set up the the TVA. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. I like I like that character. I didn't know anything about it. I wouldn't have been able to predict mm. it had I even thought to. Well, like
2: I said, I I've watched a ton of YouTube on it cuz like I I don't read comics regularly and I'd, I haven't gone back and read a bunch of stuff, but I am inter- it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I watch shows like that, I always like watch the YouTube breakdowns cuz they'll always be like in the comics this happened and when you right. watch like 3 of them for every episode that comes out, you you like, "Okay, I get it." Yeah, pretty- someone
1: who's already done the legwork.
2: So I'm actually like, I sound like I'm an expert on all this stuff, but I'm just regurgitating the shit I've been told.
0: Yeah. So basically what I thought was the most interesting thing about it is. I don't know. It kind of gives us the end all be all answer to the Marvel cinematic universe we've been watching. We've been basically sitting in a supervisor role of what, The one above all, or not the one above all, the He Who Remains. We've basically just been watching what He Who Remains has been letting unfold. Mm -hmm. And so this allows Marvel to branch off in some fucking crazy directions. Mm -hmm. And it's writing-wise, it is a genius, absolute genius way of being able to incorporate the other Marvel movies and oh, for yeah. them and just setting them up to have a vending machine to pick any past character. Like, you know, like the X-Men movies, we know we're eventually getting the X-Men movies. It allows them to pick the X-Men that they thought were cast well mm-hmm. and bring them over. Like I thought Sir Sophie Turner did a decent job as young Jean gray. Oh, let's bring her over. But, uh, now nah, that Cyclops kind of sucks. Yeah, so we'll bring, we'll bring a new Cyclops. Over. and yeah, I don't know <laughs> Fucking hats off to you guys. That's a fucking genius yeah. Riding move.
2: You know that uh, Black Widow was the very first debut. You guys may have covered this in, that, in your episode, uh, but it was released that, uh, that the first Marvel X, uh, X, I mean, the first Fox, previously Fox-owned X-Men character made their appearance in that movie. And it's, a, it's a very, very deep cut one. It's not one that I would have picked out, uh, but when, um, uh, what's his name? um. David Harbour or uh
0: Yeah, Iron uh now uh Red American Red Curtain.
1: Red Defender.
2: I thought it was Red. Is no, it I not Red Curtain? Know. I'm sure it's red I think it's Red Curtain.
1: Red okay. Guardian. It is Red Guardian. Yeah.
2: Red Guardian, okay. So uh he uh when he's in jail and he's arm wrestling a guy, yeah. That guy that he's arm wrestling the big it, dude? Yeah, he's, I can't, it's something the bear or something like that, yeah. but he is a, like a were bear kind of, like he can change, transform into a bear and he's a mutant and that's who his character is. And that's a character they, they previously couldn't use because that was lumped in with the whole X-Men stuff. So that's the first trickle of it coming over. It's a very small, yeah. very small little flex, but it's there. That's
0: cool. Now that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing mutants introduced in a similar fashion to that. Of just like, there's not going to be some big reveal. It's just going to be like, nah, there's a mutant. Mm-hmm. You we know?
2: still we still have Eternals, and Eternals is, yeah. is also a way that they could bring mutants in because mm-hmm. with their story, like being from you know so far in the past, and then being you know enhanced mm-hmm. superhuman type people. My thing with Eternals is two big
0: questions to me: is it's ancient aliens. Marvel style, basically, which Marvel's done a lot of ancient aliens type stuff, even with Thor. Uh, is they've been here this whole time, and I know the movie's going to cover this, but my big question for it is: A, they've been here this whole time. After Thanos, why are they just now intervening?
2: Because um, it's it's going to be based on a run of the comics where they've all been living as mortals and they don't have their memories.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And then
2: something wakes them all up. And then I think that's, you see in the trailer where they all meet at a cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where, like, I was compelled to come here. I don't know why, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. That makes sense. It's tropey, but I think it'll do it.
0: And then B is all the other movies uh, that have come out from Marvel. You can kind of see the goalpost, what they're working towards. If, especially if you know the comics, you can kind of see what they're working towards. I have no idea what
2: they're working towards with Eternals. I think it's, I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't feel like they're trying to, I mean, maybe they'll Guardians of the Galaxy it and it'll be, be it's a cool thing. Um, but I kind of, it, it doesn't grab me in that sort of yeah. way. I think instead it's a launch pad movie that's going to explain a lot of where they're going with mm. the next phase. is really what I think like the point of that movie is. Yeah.
0: Like a history on how like this, on how Loki unfolded a bunch of, uh, right history and fucking, bullshit just about the mcu as a whole so it's like yeah back to loki though is apparently i was trying to figure out where on the timeline it would fall story-wise like yes the time variance authority is outside of time but it's like so is the quantum realm and we know when ant-man was stuck in the quantum realm for five hours during the snap during those five years so we know, like, even though he was out of time, we know where he was in association with our timeline, with the Prime timeline. So I was trying to figure out where all the events of Loki take place within the Prime timeline. I'm pretty sure they take place over the course of just a few days, maybe a week's time, and they're jumping between time places. But the events itself are happening at the same time as WandaVision. So right after... Uh, Endgame.
2: It is confirmed mm. that Loki, and it'll be, I think that Loki from the show is going to sh- maybe not, maybe, maybe it'll be a different Loki uh, but the Loki will appear in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Fuck yeah. Alongside oh, yeah, Wanda sure. Maximoff. Yeah. So.
0: Dude, I fucking love the, so A, it was dope in this Loki that so for those maybe listening to this that like watch the show but may not connect all the dots and uh all that good stuff is so. This Loki is the Loki from 2012. He did not have the story progression right. of our Loki that died in Endgame. Yep. He did not have the character progression that happened in Thor 2 or Thor 3. So he's still an asshole when he gets picked up in Mongolia by the TVA. By the end of this, he is fully like gotten all of that character progression but like in a week or two's time Mm -hmm. that this story takes place he's gotten all that same character progression so he's no longer a douchebag and uh comes to realize he actually does love his mother and thor and all of this and when he comes back at the end and is trying to like warn the tva people and mobius about uh kang coming He's, like, genuinely fucking terrified. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that may be the first time we've seen him fucking shook like that. Yeah. Like, maybe when he was grabbed and choked by Thanos, but he was dying. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it, you know, and spoilers, obviously, he's not even in the, air quotes, the sacred timeline. That's this primary timeline.
2: Who
0: knows? Oh, because it could have changed. Well, who changes. knows? Like, well, they
2: established in uh, in in game that it's not Back to the Future rules, so you don't right. you don't go back and change it. So it's right. not, and it was outside of time anyway. That's so, what I'm saying. I think he's so in a it does, different. It does have to be a different, or maybe I mean that place is huge. Maybe there's like because like okay, so the character uh, Owen Wilson's character mm-hmm. um, uh, Mobius M. Mobius. He in the comics is um, there's he works for the TVA. That's that's from it. But there's like multiples of him that all work for the TVA. And that's, that was a twist that we kind of thought was mm. that, that was uh, put out there. It was like possible that he was going to be the, the man at, at the end of time, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, the fact that there's a variant, you know, they're all variants who work there for the TVA anyway. So maybe when he got sent back... It's a similar-looking office because if you go like to the other end of the city, it turns out all the offices look the same. Yeah. They're all staffed the same, but it's they never interact with each other,
0: so yeah. they don't know. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's
2: true. I don't. I mean, it, that could be
0: possible. That could be the different floors on the elevator that are weird, like. Mm. It would say like C-N-C oh, and like then like A-B-2. But I, yeah. think,
2: I think the statue, uh, I, I was forgetting when I was going through that in my head, I forgot about the statue. I think the statue of Jonathan Majors, a.k.a. Kang, mm-hmm. I think he, uh, I think that kind of disproves what I was just saying. So I, don't, I think it probably is a different one um, yeah. altogether.
0: That's what makes yeah. Me,
1: that was, yeah, that's what made me think that too.
2: And with the multiverse,
0: like we were shown basically that time is a loop. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it started branching. Mm-hmm. And so, like, with that in mind, it has to be a different TVA, I think. He's just on a different branch timeline altogether.
1: Yeah, maybe. Depends on where she sent him. Yeah. So is she, is Sylvie the the new uh, he who remains?
2: Well, I don't think so. But I guess we'll find out in season two but I don't think she would I don't think she I mean the fact that she killed him means that she wouldn't want to take up his work because right,
1: but she the, she before she killed him she grabbed that wristband which is how she got Loki out of there anyway which means she's well, the only one that knows where he is
2: right so I mean she's probably gonna peace out I reckon she's yeah I took
0: that to did. be her grabbing done. that to get done dealing with our Loki to get done dealing with him finish the job because so she, she came there to kill like he yeah. who remains yeah Even after he told them his gambit, she didn't believe that shit. She didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't care. Maybe didn't believe it. Stabbed him anyway. But I don't know. I took it when he asked or like in his dying moments, uh, he who remains. He was like, uh, see you soon. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. I think that was when it clicked with her of like, oh, I fucked up.
2: Well, I mean, why like, why were Loki so important to the TVA? You know, because there's yeah. probably a cycle. There's probably mm-hmm. like a lot of what the stuff I've been watching has been comparing um, Loki to the Norse god Loki and mm-hmm. what he represents in the Norse mythology, mm-hmm. and comparing that to how he's been represented so far in the Marvel universe, and there's a lot of parallels.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He is the trickster god, but he's also the catalyst god. He is the reason what that he's the reason why change happens. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, he uh, he's the reason the Avengers formed. Um, he is uh, the one who did Ragnarok, which also aligns with North Norse myth, North mythology. He mm-hmm. said you know, Surtur free and, and to Mm -hmm. to bring about Ragnarok. Um, and so he is an agent of chaos and an agent of change. So I think that's always his purpose. And that's Mm -hmm. no matter, you know, there was a lot of, you know, discussion about that, especially on the episode, the penultimate one where he was on Mm -hmm. the, um, the world where um, oh, I can what's the cloud monster's na- name? Elias. Oh, Elias. Yeah. On, when he was on that world, uh, there was a lot of discussion about what Lokis do and what Lokis are. And, and and I don't think, you know, I don't think any of them know really, because I don't think they realize it because they're so into chaos.
0: Yeah. Well, and that goes in with a uh, thing I read online that I thought was pretty interesting was that the fact that we see, like we see a lot of shit on that, like void where Eliath is that's like, yeah, it's thrown in there as fun Easter eggs. And it is that, but it also within the story, it establishes some, uh, like Sean Connery up in here. It establishes some shit. It establishes some shit that, uh, works within the story to show you how powerful of a situation this is. Like it shows Ronan's ship. Mm -hmm. So there's a variant of Ronan they pruned and they pruned his entire goddamn ship I'm sure he's got infrastructure and workers on that ship. It's not just him up there flying it. Right. He's got those paper people and all that. Yeah. And, uh, Avengers Tower. Avengers Tower. So there's an Avengers variant out there, but it had a different thing on the side of the tower. It was
2: Kang spelled with a Q, yeah. which is from the comics. That yeah. was, that was a, a, a company that a man had started. And then the Avengers did sell their yeah. tower to him in the comics. And, uh, you've come to find out that Kang corporation is owned by Kang the conqueror. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And another fun Easter egg in there, which I think this is a big thing that establishes power is there was the Thanos copter, which is a big Mm -hmm. takeaway from, or a big Easter egg from the comics. But a, they pruned Thanos. Like imagine them zipping through, like they're that powerful that they pruned Thanos. Like it was no big deal and sent him here so that establishes the power of the void. And then you've got all these Lokis that have survived there. So there's clearly something up with Loki and being able or being some sort of threat or something. It, that establishes Loki's power level there. And then on top of that, our Loki, largely he could have not even been present in this show. And what happened still happened. And... I think I was reading online that it seems like there's something like the the timeline, whatever, branched off when our Loki and Sylvie connected there on that uh, planet that was collapsing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was because they were in love or anything. I just uh, what I was reading made a lot of sense. It was saying that if Loki's team up the way they did to work together. That is the true thing that can bring down Kang. Mm. And that's one of the biggest threats to him that there is. It's a Loki And TV. so that's why he's been fucking pruning
2: Lokis left and
0: right. But also why they still survive in the void where even Thanos couldn't have survived.
2: Well, if we're talking a multiverse, then, I mean, maybe that Thanos was a bitch. I mean, he did have a helicopter. Mm. Yeah. You know? But that also earlier in the show, like, I mean, the first episode, they showed that like Infinity Stones are like paperweights. You yeah, know, which TV. I thought was so good. It's it's a it's a nod saying like that was the previous thing that's not we're not gonna make the Infinity Stones the the ever present MacGuffin in this yeah like we're we're closing that chapter out
1: and that's one of the things I wanted to mention too is because this the whole series seemed really meta as the and especially in this last episode like there was a lot of times where it felt like He Who Remains was speaking directly to the viewer oh yeah he's like. I'm explaining this to you. Oh, we're still, we're still doing this. You're still trying to kill me. Let me just draw it out for you. And then he explained the entire multiverse. It made sense. And they used, you know, fancy visuals and everything that looked beautiful on my 4K TV. Dude, that opening was amazing. So good. It was so good. Did you notice that it warped out of a
0: black hole and a universe and into In, another into, one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, I watched it a couple times.
0: So I don't know what that implies. Like, oh, and
1: you had all the quotes from famous people yeah. and everything like that going. Yeah, there's, there's, it's got a lot yeah. going on behind the scenes, yeah, too, yeah. so to speak.
0: No, there's... And I, Marvel has to have somebody reading these subreddits and watching these YouTube videos to be like, no, these fucking nerds are going to pay attention to this shit. We got to dial it in. and Because uh, I, I read a thing today that was breaking down the fashion design of the costuming, and it looks like normal suits. I thought this was so cool. Is it looked like normal suits like a button up Oxford and it's pinned here at the collar with a tie is what Loki
2: was wearing. But the 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 uh the collar is sewn yeah. into the shirt and goes all Yeah, I noticed that right off the bat. I, I was,
0: did not notice that. And on a uh, Mobius's suit the lapel that folds back on a suit right here it doesn't like you see it it's there but it comes from the shoulders in. It doesn't come from the suit folding over.
1: Interesting.
0: And it's like little like uncanny valley sort of things like that with the clothing. That's like you don't notice that it's off. Yeah. But then once you notice you're like, "Holy fuck, that's weird." It's the FedEx logo of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And uh like little things, little details like that. I'm like, "That is awesome." But uh anyway, yeah, I thought the Kang stuff was super interesting because it opens up so much shit For the Marvel Universe, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: like everything they've done, it makes a canon. So that like I was not excited for this Marvel What If series, which is basically this animated show coming out in August that I'm looking forward to is like, you know, what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum instead of Steve, Mm -hmm. you know, stories like that. I was not excited about that because I was like, well, this doesn't matter. It's not taking place, but it is taking place. Because it's all part of the multiverse now. So it's literally like, holy shit, that's crazy to me. And then uh, for those that may not know, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place after, in this timeline, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place after all of the Disney Plus shows. So the order the stories take place is uh, WandaVision is a couple weeks after uh, that. Captain America, the Winter Soldier is, or uh, WandaVision is a couple weeks after Endgame. Okay, yeah. Like, maybe, like, three weeks. Yeah,
1: it's really short amount yeah. of time. Uh, right, because she, she dipped out right at the yeah. end
0: there. Captain America, Winter Soldier is maybe, I would say, like, four to five months after Endgame.
2: Loki is happening somewhere in that mix what's well, i mean technically before but then outside of time and all over yeah so it's like you right. can't really you can't really yeah. place it
0: uh but in in relation to the prime timeline it's like somewhere around the time of scarlet witch i'm pretty sure because there was a video i saw that when at the if you stayed for the after credits thing in scarlet witch where she's in the cabin
3: mm-hmm.
0: and she's like on the astral plane or whatever and she hears her kids' voices, that happens at the exact same time the uh, like threshold is crossed in the finale of Loki. Oh, really? Mm. And you hear that thunder. So, yeah, the multiverse opened, or maybe when King or the, uh, He Who Remains gets killed. It was one of those. But when the multiverse cracks open <coughs> in Loki is when she hears her kids. So it's happening around the same time of that. And then Spider-Man Far From Home, even though it came out over a year ago, and, uh, came out before all this takes place after all this. Hmm. So it changes a couple things. And I, I rewatched far from home just because I was like, no, this fucking changes shit. Because like a Mysterio's, uh, multiverse ruse is a little more believable yeah. for people. Uh, one of his teachers mentions like, nah, witches, you got to watch out for them. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just a couple other things, but then in the end, it easily explains J. Jonah Jameson being there. Yeah. Easily. And then it's going to go on. There's heavy rumors that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be involved in the next Spider-Man movie in some capacity.
1: Hopefully going to be a Spider-Verse sort of either lead up. And the fact
0: that Spider-Man comes out in December and we don't have a trailer is fucking sketchy. There's something you guys, you fucks, are hiding. Yeah. And, uh... So, I don't know. It just magically folded. Loki somehow found, like, one of the most high-concept bullshit comic things you can do, but made it make sense, and it allows them to do so goddamn much going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought they did really well as far as the uh, the side plot that was going on, too, with Owen Wilson and um, what's the lady's name? Who's, like, the director? Rin Slayer. The- Slayer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were having their, you know, back and forth as well. And I really, really wanted to see them fight because I've, I've not seen Owen Wilson in a sword fight. Which, so I think that would have been great. But uh, aside from that, I thought it was really neat uh, to have like a Disney style, a more adult Disney style, like discussion on religion and mm. like law versus chaos and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, like, what's crazy is, like, the, you know, the, they pulled the old switcheroo, which I you, know, you kind of see coming, because they set up the TVA early on, like, they're these good guys, but, I mean, mm-hmm. there's early, early signs that it's fascist in nature, and then you, you find out it's full-blown fascist, like, absolutely, like, the world needs us, we're doing a noble goal, and you don't need all the information, you only need the information we give you. And uh, you need to submit to us. We're gonna actually weed out the people who ruin us and, yeah. and and make build a more perfect, better society. It's it's totally fascist. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 that scene at Pompeii I think was one of the best scenes because it like seeing you know Loki just getting to be chaotic. You know after he's been restrained for so long because he's like, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want here.
0: Mm-hmm. That scene sets up some cool stuff. Uh externally too though is it shows that like i think this was in that article i sent you that was on google drive is it shows that like okay pompeii's going off they go back there it doesn't fucking matter if the citizens of pompeii see fucking time travelers walk through a mystery apparatus door that appears out of nowhere and then loki sets goats free and it's like you know yeah it uh it doesn't matter because that apocalypse event is still going to happen, so that's how uh, Sylvie was able to hide out in them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Is
0: nothing she can do affects the outcome
1: there, right? Yeah, which uh, which is something that I thought was interesting because I've been watching the new season of Rick and Morty as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think you you said some you of the writers me. wrote on this show. You mentioned that yeah. I think I brought this up last week, but you weren't here. And I know you watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, have are you caught up on this yeah. recent season? Oh, so, yeah. so you sort of already. Can see what I'm getting at with like the whole thing with Rick and Summer and their episode of going to all those world ending events and like fucking their way to freedom or whatever. And having this whole thing with Loki and she's going to the different world ending events because nothing she does there matters and all that stuff. And then having uh, what the whole time travel thing where uh, Rick's got that alternate universe where uh, time moves at a different speed. And like he tosses the wine in there, and it's the whole like <laughs> society that shows up with the dog people, and it's just, I, I just thought it was really neat that to see all these parallels between these two really completely unrelated shows aside from like you said the writers which I didn't know at the time
2: but. Hey, multiverses are super in right now like mm-hmm. it's it's just I mean, it's, it's such an uh, easy writing technique I mean it's a big part of DND I used it a lot in my d campaign um, there was a there was a bigger multi uh, multiversal plot that ultimately fizzled out because we didn't finish the game we just decided to, to call it. But uh, the really handy uh, uses is two things that you run into in D and D, and that's that uh, whenever someone has to miss a session, instead of explaining where their character was, (laughs) no, the last session just happened in a different timeline where they were never there. Now that they're back, we switch back to the main timeline where you're still in the dungeon. Only this time, this person has has been along for the ride. Hmm. You can still explain what happened, but that way, there's no like we don't have to like waste time. On, like, okay, you were off doing this, and we got to figure out why you're going to show up in this. No, no, you were just there. And then we switched to another multiverse where you weren't. Now we're back to the one where you're there. Um, but the other thing is, it gives, like, as a DM, you know, you want control over the setting, and you want to, you know, you want. To, you really want to set the tone for what the game is going to be, but the players have their own ideas about what kind of characters they want to play. Mm-hmm. And this opens up that a lot because you can have your world with, its, with it its own rules and then say like, well, a character who breaks those rules who wouldn't be from your world shows up. Well, they traveled through a portal and they're in, on a, in a strange world now.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's also a, a sigh up from the Democrats yep. and yes. the Republicans to get us used to to uh, once they're revealing what these alien spaceships and the UFOs and the U- UAVs that they've been seeing are, this is going to slowly reveal and it's getting the society used to multiverses and aliens coming across and other versions of ourselves. You're just dipping and your toe in. So it's teaching and, and acclimating the public to getting used to that. And so once it happens and it's fully implemented and Marvel's got this, they'll be able to recast Tony Stark. Yeah, that's what.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when when everything matters, nothing matters. That's that's part of like, <laughs> that's part of like. I mean, it's an easy writing device, but I do worry that that uh, you know it's gonna become too much of a fad, and you're gonna, and people are gonna get real fatigued with like, well, now nothing fucking matters because anyone can just do whatever they want in any story now, and like, oh, that character died. Well, we're. You know, like it's like like that's that's the one thing like I, I'm going to derail a little bit, but it's comic books still. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, I love the comic of The Walking Dead and I had a very yeah. um, troubled relationship with the show. I'll put same, it that way. Dude. Yeah. Same, same. Um, and one of my biggest gripes was if the show had half the balls that the comic did, Daryl would have died in like season two, three or four. Because the, what the comic did is it attaches you to characters and then rips them mm-hmm. like with no warning. Uh, but yeah. then on the show, it was always the characters you didn't like and or people who just retired of doing the show. But mostly it was just, okay, this person isn't doing well. But mm-hmm. then there were like people who were safe. And the point of the comic is no one no is one safe. No one is safe. And uh, they also would happen in random issues. The only like event death that I can think of was Glenn's that happened in issue one hundred. That was a big deal. But like in the show it's like every season premiere you're gonna lose a major character and every season finale you're gonna lose a major mm, character. Yeah. Um Game of Thrones was pretty good about making it a random thing. Like mm. it was usually the penultimate episode, the one yeah, before yeah. the finale. But um you know they, they, they peppered it throughout. But with the fucking Walking Dead it was so it just got where it wasn't the fucking same. But like with the multiverse, well they could fucking kill Daryl and then just bring him back next season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. it's It kind of, like, I worry that it's going to make things cheap.
0: It may. I'm okay with though. I mean, Marvel's not let me down yet. Yeah. And I'm okay with it just because that's how comics are. And uh, the fact that it's amazing to me they've somehow managed to create visually, audiovisually, what they had with the comics now, like, fully. Like, sure, they had the, like, interconnected universe and all that. But now fully, it's, uh, they've got quote-unquote issues of comic runs coming out on Disney Plus yep. that you may not need to see by the time you go see Ant-Man and Quantumania when uh, they're supposed to first introduce Kang in the movies. You, I would say it'll play, but then you can go back and watch the Disney Plus shows, and it's going to be that much more enrichment mm-hmm. for like, oh, I was super into that shit. Wait, there's three shows? or. There's one show where they introduce Kang. Yeah, I want to go mo- learn more about this Kang motherfucker.
1: You yeah, know, like oh, so. and then you can watch the uh, Marvel Legends, which if you yeah. haven't watched those yet, you still should. Yeah, um, and it'll tell you okay, here's what this character has been up to until their their show starts. Yeah,
0: and it's like as annoying. I griped about this a lot on our Black Widow review last week. Is I find it very annoying. That Black Widow did not come out four years ago. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have watched that within the chronology of the MCU because I really like the movie. That's my biggest gripe is I just wish I could have watched it in order. But that's what I think we're going to see more Marvel wise from, just because uh, that's the way comic books work. Is you know, and yeah, I don't like that. I'm going to have to get over it. But that's how comic books work. Is you know, they may go back and rehire Chris Evans. To shoot a, I don't know, a Vietnam-era story. Maybe he was in the 80s and fought Red Guardian. That would be dope as fuck to see. Yeah. I would love to see more Cold War-era Avengers stories. And uh, It really opens
1: the... I mean, yeah. like you were saying, it opens the doors to let them do anything they want. Anything they want. Which, is, which they're going to, I assume, prove with that What If series. And, I mean, then you can even... Not that Disney would do this, but you can even open it up, open the market to third-party producers, mm-hmm. and be like, "Here, you can have a uh, a Marvel flick." Yeah, in you know multiverse three nine eight seven.
2: Well, they're kind of doing like it's kind of like, um, and they've done it before. Like you remember the Animatrix, where it yeah. was like those you get those vignettes of mm. like. So okay. And, yeah. and now they're doing that with Star Wars. It looks fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, but uh, so there's no reason why they w- they couldn't do that with Marvel, too. Like, be like, hey, look, you, we, you don't have well, – one thing that's – I mean, it's – and I've, I've, I've mentioned this in conversation with you in private, but uh, we, it's perfectly fine to bring up here. Marvel recently announced they're pretty much done with their, like, big multi-picture deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're only going to do, like, short-term contracts with people now. Hmm. Which is great news for the actors because it gives them freedom to work on other stuff. And the attitude that they have is is kind of a good one, where it's like we only really want to work with people who want to be here. We don't want to have people who like feel like they now they're contractually obliged yeah. to be here. So yeah. it's like just because the contracts up doesn't mean they're not coming back, but that means they don't have to. Mm-hmm. What, but that does mean that like. And it kind of looks like where they're kind of going with it, and maybe maybe they'll do a good job because again, my favorite of all the Marvel movies is the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't give a fuck about those characters before that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, um, no one did. But it's going to be a lot of characters like that, a lot of like the B and C tier characters that you're going to see now are like getting their own movies and and starring and and they're you know the new the next you know actual Avengers movie probably is going to look really different than you know the team is going to be very different, mm-hmm. and so it's. Um, and it's a lot of people that, like, you know, aren't household names. Um, and maybe the magic will be there, and maybe it'll work. Um, I You know, no, nothing is certain. Um, as long as they get the right people to do it, I think it'll be fine. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it is going to be weird. It's like, you know, if, like, there... Imagine if there was a Justice League movie, but it didn't have Superman or Batman in it. That's kind of where I'm at. Like it be it it it's gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel weird not having Cap and Iron Man and Thor. I mean, I thought it would feel weird already.
0: Yeah. Like I'm more yeah. weirded out by the fact that it doesn't feel weird. It all and, feels and really we're natural. already like effectively. I don't know. You've got Spider-Man: Far From Home, WandaVision, Loki, Loki, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. And that's it, right? Falcon Winter Soldier. Or Falcon Winter Soldier. But that's it, right? Four? So, yeah, we're effectively four movies in. And we got, what, three more coming out this year? And I really expected it to feel weird by now, not having those characters. But I'm, we- I'm more weirded out that it doesn't feel weird, to be honest. Well, I
2: think it's because Spider-Man is kind of, you know, it's got one foot in the MCU yeah. and then one foot that has kind of nothing to do with it. Um, and then the-, the shows are very, like, zoomed in. And then even Black Widow is very zoomed in, uh, you know, whereas Avengers is very, the whole world is, in every, you know, the whole, you know, <laughs> reality as we know it is, a, is at stake kind of stuff. Um, but, like, I think it's because these other stories have been so, like, zoomed in, it's kind of like, okay. But, like, cause you got to think, like, if the snap happened and then four years passed and it unhappened, that'd be fucking weird. It'd be, it would cause crazy worldwide turmoil. It would be, it would, I mean, there'd be people with like psychological problems because of it forever. There'll be people with like real like financial problems because I mean, that's what Falcon and winter soldier uh, covered on it. Yeah. Uh, And and so it's like, it makes sense why like it, it, you know, before we go back into what's the whole world being at stake, Let's show how these different groups have been affected by this thing.
1: Yeah, the small town view.
2: And it, and it, it really like makes, I think that it gives them a lot of mileage with that. It, it allows them to, to sort of drag it out and, and really like you know, take their time before they rebuild.
1: It's kind of like an intermission. Yeah. One, two, back to something
0: you said a second ago, Ian, is they've also said that they're not going to do another big 10-year arc like they I mean, did with the Infinity mm-hmm. Saga, like back to what you were saying about contracts, is they're going to stick to like short, shorter story arcs where it's like they're... Gonna, so this Kang multiverse stuff they're setting up, I would say expect it to be resolved within like five to six years rather yeah. than 10.
2: Probably, yeah. well, I'd say either, if not by the next Avengers movie, yeah. then like what, they'll, what they'll, they may do is just all Avengers are now two-parters. Yeah. And it's like, so you'll get one one year that'll like... Oh, this is gonna show how bad Kang really is. And yeah. then a year of other releases of, of that situation, living under yeah. Kang's thumb, and then the finale will be the mm-hmm. year later, you know. Mm-hmm. That'd be a that'd be a smart way to do it, I think. Uh, well, and they've kinda
0: they've kinda showed their hand with Avengers movies at this point of like Okay, uh, we've seen how crazy an Avengers movie can get, so dialing it back and doing, like, Avengers 2012 with just new characters isn't going to work.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: <laughs> You're going to need a completely different sort
1: of movie. Yeah. That's going to be one of the like, challenges. E- even looking from-
0: at it, it's like... Just on, like, if you were in charge of shit, and you were like, wait, there, it's just one alien army? Yeah, let's just send send Black Panther and, like, 12 door Right. Again. Like, it's not like... Kang can do it. Kang's that threat level. But, like, other than
2: that... Galactus. Uh, yeah. Man, Doctor Doom. When they bring Doctor... If, yeah. If, if they, if they, that's kind of what I'm holding out for, is mm. for the MCU to do Doctor Doom, because they have not done Doctor Doom well yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Doom is, like, for so, an so, Earth... So, for so. a person from Earth... Who's not like an alien or a, you know mm. a time being or anything like that from the future? He's from modern Earth, actually from a impoverished country for the most part. Uh, he is one of those level villains because he's that fucking diabolical.
1: Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> so, got diplomatic immunity.
2: Yeah, so seeing seeing Doom done well, uh, I would I would fucking geek out about that. Um, which you know I mean they're slated to bring Fantastic Four in, yeah. so that's that. Doom comes with that. Um, Galactus is one of those. I think I said Galactus. Um, And then if if you once you get the X Men involved, you got Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, When
0: they they've said they're going to bring Ghost Rider onto Disney Plus. Mephisto. And so once you and if you're bringing Ghost Rider, you're bringing in Blade. Mm -hmm. They've said they're going to bring back John Bernthal at some point to play Punisher. Uh, I don't think they're called the Dark Avengers. But there's something. It's like a group of superheroes that deal with like fucked up, crazy big, like Thanos level mystical threats.
2: That's I think that's the Dark Avengers because it's be, like yeah. John Constantine and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I, I forgot about They're doing a um a um oh what's the uh character's name? The Moon Knight. They're doing Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah Moon Knight's right. in
0: there. Yeah. Right. So like yeah, maybe that. it is Dark Avengers, but they could take down Thanos. I Ghost know, Rider took down
2: Thanos. I don't know if they're Dark... I know there's, there, there is an Avengers team like that. and then I think the
0: Dark Avengers is the, the... Norman Osborn. Yeah, the Norman Osborn. Yeah,
2: where he's Iron Avengers. Patriot. And, uh, which I wouldn't hate Willem Dafoe coming back as, as Norman Osborn. Yeah. But I mean, also, I'd, I think they could get a, someone who's better. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I love Willem Dafoe, but I think that they could get somebody who's, who's like actually more like how Norman Osborn mm. is in the comics.
0: I'd love Zeke McConaughey.
2: That'd be nuts. Mm. Yeah, he's getting older, so I mean, he could definitely be like I a. I think he could nail it, a corporate boomer guy.
1: Obviously, we got to bring back Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Oh yeah, I would love to get
0: Kelsey Grant. Even though I do think Nicholas Holt did a good job, but he was basically playing a younger Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I would largely, uh, I think, just rather than cast recast all of the X Men.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm really curious to see if the, uh, what they do with Wolverine going forward because yeah. J- Hugh Jackman like I, I, I'm very critical of his performance in the first X Men movie. Yeah, it was cool at the time when it came out, but it does not hold up. No,
0: that <laughs> entire movie doesn't hold up.
2: Um, he, but I think he really like started to to take the role for real in uh, um, the second one, and then the third movie just sucked. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, but then like by the end when he did Logan, Logan was a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Like. It's going to be hard to be the next Wolverine. Whoever t- whoever fills those shoes, I mean, they're very small shoes because he's a very short guy. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do with it is make him like comics accurate. So he's mm-hmm. really yeah. fucking short. <laughs> he's like five Danny two. DeVito. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Wolverine.
2: I think he's five three. I may be wrong on this, but I think I, th- I want to say he's like five three. He's really short. Yeah,
0: like a short, stocky, like wrestler yeah. build sort of guy. If like a
2: If only things had been different, it could have been Benoit. Benoit? Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah, yeah. They called him the Wolverine. Yeah. I think. I'm not a wrestling guy. I don't know.
0: No, I was, so you're, Dr. Doom, you would that? like, you're most excited, like, cream your pants person, you yeah. want to show up in see MCU now.
2: Mm. Because I, 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 earlier on, I was bemoaning, like, oh, we're losing Iron Man and Captain America. Also, before these movies, I kind of never gave a shit about Iron Man or Captain America. Same, Same yeah. dude. So the movies Same. made, so it's like, but then I thought about, like, but we're also getting the fucking X-Men. We're getting Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. Hopefully done right. There's plenty of room for like iconic mainstays. Yeah, this
1: is going to be the last chance for Fantastic Four. It really will be,
3: and it can be be done. done.
1: It can be. Yeah, sure. I mean, they were never my favorite. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, but the movies have not helped that. There was a cartoon when I was a kid. I would watch with them. Yeah, it was also kind of lame compared to the other. But I loved it as a kid. Yeah, yeah.
2: it was everything I needed as a kid. And uh, uh, I mean. Silver Surfer's the shit. So yeah. when you get like Fantastic Four, you get Silver Surfer. Yeah.
1: And I always liked Doom, like you were saying. Doom is uh, amazing. Along with our friend from Saudi, I would like to see an R rated Doom movie. Mm-hmm. I'd like to good.
0: see Marvel do anything R rated especially when we start getting into like Punisher and I mean they're
2: they're saying Deadpool's probably still going to yeah. keep it R. Yeah, so that's good. true.
0: They did say and if Deadpool
1: works out, we'll see like a think, Punisher well, movie. You think so, Disney Plus would make like a subsection well, they already, for like adults Yeah, so. they, they yeah. already
2: do overseas. If you have a VPN, you can access it. Oh. But, uh but um No, so in the comics for like more mature stuff, Marvel's done that kind of stuff, and like they had like a Marvel Knights line that was really good, Mm -hmm. and they had like a like they've done other like Marvel Max, which was had like Punisher and was violent as shit. Yeah. So like what you know, Marvel Zombies. Right. So instead of calling it like just you know they, you know the way the way studios do, they have the Mm. big studio, then they have sub studios that do it. They could do like okay, this keeps us kind of like away from the other you know, um, sanitized Disney Mm. stuff. Uh, and now we got the gritty, you know, offshoot. I want to say Miramax was owned by Disney for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Wouldn't mm. surprise me. Yeah. So, I, like right before Let's you know see. it all went down, I, I could be talking out of my fucking ass, but I want to say Miramax has t- Disney ties. They own lots of stuff. The company was acquired by the Walt, or in 1993, the company was acquired by the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. So and and they definitely were still making bloody, violent movies oh, yeah. after 93. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's what they're. That's probably what we'll see is like a sub studio. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disney put out Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, so they can do they can do a fucking another Deadpool movie because both of those have been good. Like they're that's what you want out of the yeah. Deadpool movie.
0: They've been so good. See, I'm trying to think. I would love to see uh like Ghost Rider, but given I think Ghost Rider is kind of a Hulk like character where storytelling wise, I mean, where on his own, I don't really give a shit about a Ghost Rider story, but as a extra character like, I don't really care about a, a standalone Hulk movie, really. Well, but as a at this point, I would. But starting out, not necessarily. Yeah. Like, that uh, Ed... What's his name? That first Hulk movie that came out
2: right after Iron Man. Oh, the Ed Norton one. Yeah, yeah. the Ed
0: Norton one. It's a good movie, but I kind of don't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. forget it's in the MCU all the time. I know the Hulk story. I don't need that introduction by the time I get to fucking... Well, Avengers. I mean, and it's not so as f-
1: bad as that. Uh, what Angley's Incredible yeah. Hulk? That shit was. And, trash. and I,
0: I feel like Ghost
1: Rider is a little bit like that. Well,
2: where, you know, again, uh, you know, going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, that's where they prove they can introduce five new characters yeah. all at once and get you attached to all of them right off the bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, so like you didn't you got a, I mean you got one character's backstory and then you know hints at some of the others and I think that works. Um, and God, I mean. I want to see the suicide squad really bad. Cause there's going to be like, that's James Gunn doing that with like a huge ensemble. cast. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. But um, I, I bet he'll pull it off, but you, you, but you can do that. You can say like, all right, instead of doing like giving everybody their own movie for some of these more like B and C tier characters, let's do a team up. Let's do a team up film. That'll be fun. It'll get those characters in the yeah. MCU.
0: But yeah, I would like in that fashion, a yeah, team up movie, I would love to see a classic Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Fucking bring Nick Cage back. I don't give a fuck. I think those
1: movies. He's been in other Disney movies. Oh, National Treasure. Those Nick
0: Cage Ghost Source Rider movies Apprentice. are exactly what Ghost Rider movies should be. I wish they were. Uh, I wish the filmmaking choices were a little better and the story was a little tighter in the yeah. first one. The second one. The story was perfect. It just needed to be told a little better. Mm. It was about him battling like some bigger demon or something. Him having to team up. Yeah, Yeah. I'm okay with that. Mm. But it was just told poorly. But the chaotic nature, it was uh, filmed by the guys that did the Crank movies. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like if you're going to have a Ghost Rider movie that's just pure adrenaline-filled action... That's who you
2: fucking want. Yeah, because they they have that style because I've also seen Gamer and Gamer does the same kind of thing where it's like really fast paced and like nerve pounding kind of.
0: And I would actually say the second Ghost Rider movie is better than the first. The first one's more of just your classic like Hollywood trying to tell a superhero story. But the second one, that's like a fucking Ghost Rider story. That shit's outrageous. Like it's he pisses fire at some point. Like it's just ridiculous. Watch it and tell me you don't have fun.
1: Uh, I didn't really enjoy it the yeah. first time I yeah. saw I it. Never
2: I never did watch it because I assumed it would be shitty. No, nah, man. That it's was, way better than the first. That's back when I had no respect for Nicolas Cage, but now he's come a long way.
0: And they let his flag fly in those movies. I'm At gonna, least the second one. That is a ridiculous fucking movie.
2: I may I, I may have to make that a night and just watch both of them.
0: The, but, uh. Yeah. Don't Sounds let like the first one deter night. you from the second, though.
2: Oh no, that'll be the fun of it
0: because it's so different. And I think the second one even has an R rating, nah. which is what a fucking
1: no Ghost way. Rider movie. The should Punisher be. movie did. Yeah, yeah, it the one did. with
2: Thomas Jane. Yeah, and then definitely the the one after with uh um oh, who, the guy I can't remember his name, but he was he was in Thor too. He was one of the Thor oh. uh, uh sidekick yeah. guys, um, but. Fucking uh, Punish the second Punisher movie. Well, really the third Punisher movie, um, if you count the Dolph Lundgren 80s movie. Because mm. I've um, I, I used to do my first my early podcasting experience. We did an action movie podcast, and one of the things we did was a three movie run of all three of the Punisher movies. Yeah. So I've 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 definitely dissected those movies. I'll tell you this: all three of them rule for very different reasons. <laughs> yeah. but they're all great movies. So
0: okay, here's a good comparison. You got me to watch that second Punisher movie that was recast with Ray Winstone, or I guess the third the third. Yeah. Uh, you and Alan, our friend from Saudi got me to watch that one because it looked dumb to me. And I hadn't watched you guys were like, <laughs> no, it's exactly what a Punisher movie should be. It, it is. And it is dumb. And that's all. And does. it's exactly it's just... what a Punisher should be. Punisher movie should be. Yeah. That it's glow up,
3: as fuck.
0: that glow up from, uh, Punisher two to Punisher war is the same glow up that happens with ghost rider. Like it gets like, okay, this is dumb, but this is what this should be.
2: Right. Let's yeah. just have fun uh-huh. with it. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. I'll watch it. I'm not then. saying it's a great movie, but Maybe it's I'll entertaining. It. Maybe I'll see it again.
0: And uh yeah, as far as Ghost Rider shit, it it fucking fits the bill for that
2: for me. So this has been our Loki review. No I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: but yeah, either way, I'm hoping Loki and what it's established with the multiverse
2: allows Marvel. Oh yeah, to do all this stuff. Yeah. It
0: it it'll, almost to me allows them to pull characters in even easier now, because yeah. they don't have to have some huge backstory. They've they already like, explained it. Yeah, I'm from this universe.
2: So yeah. that's kind of like how because you know DC had the failed DC universe mm. that they were trying to do the Snyderverse, yeah. um, and that didn't. That that's no, no longer a thing. But there's some of this you know. Like, they're probably going to do another Wonder Wonder Woman movie in that universe. Uh, I mean, Aquaman 2 started filming today, and that's, you know, part of that as well. Um, I don't know if they're going to do another Superman. Batfleck is out pretty much after that. Um, I, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But, like, they're, you know, in the Flash, they're still doing that Flash movie, but that's going to have, like, Michael Keaton in it mm-hmm. to be, like, an older, you know, few
0: Apparently Ben Affleck's coming back for that. Today. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he'll
2: be in that. Um, but it's, you know, not a, it's just, so they're doing the same kind of thing that I think Marvel's going to do, except Marvel's baking it into the story and they're just do. DC is just doing it. And they're saying like, uh, maybe our movie has something to do with the whole, everything else. Maybe it doesn't, who knows? We'll just see it. We'll take it di- time right. to time. Sometimes a little, it's like that Rick and Morty, like sometimes a little this, sometimes a little that. Yeah. We'll just play <laughs> it by ear. Uh, but that's kind of how the comics are like the, um, Marvel is very good about most things sticking to a central continuity and DC does that to a large degree too. But DC has more like, you know, this is going to be a Batman run that has nothing to do with, you know, everything else that's going on in in DC comics right now. And, uh, they do that kind of stuff all the time. Mm. So it makes sense for DC to just have that attitude. And that's kind of probably what they should. Now they're claiming like, that's what we were doing all along. That's not what they were doing all along, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's genius because Marvel's baked this in now and it it makes what Sony's been doing make fucking sense, which is crazy because which in hindsight, it makes me think that Sony wasn't supposed to release that Mobius or is it Mobius? No, it's a the vampire thing with Jared Leto. Morbius, Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, Uh, it makes me think that Sony wasn't supposed to release that Morbius trailer quite yet
2: well I mean it was supposed to come out already
0: that's true too yeah I mean we well have... so were the, was all this other shit yeah so yeah that's very true um, but yeah because in that trailer Michael Keaton shows up and it also has a poster of Spider-Man but it's mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man so it explains how our Peter Parker is going to eventually meet up with Morbius and all this is going to be together
2: there's a theory though, that I've seen that that's just a placeholder because apparently that kind of stuff happens in uh, trailers mm-hmm. all the time. But then by the time it hits the movie screen, it'll be like the, it'll be Tom. Still,
0: you've got uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's in that trailer. So there's some universe bleed over happening on some level, and so this kind of explains that to me of how they're gonna. It, it, it at least explains, I guess, on a meta level, because they've been Sony basically after they sorted out the deal. To share Spider-Man with Marvel, uh, we're like, okay, we're just gonna run full steam of head with anti-heroes and our villains, and set up all that, and just fucking ignore Spider-Man for a bit, and mm-hmm. we'll deal with that later. This gives them Sony a way to do whatever the fuck they want to do, and they've always said that they're eventually gonna bring Tom Holland over, which I always assumed was gonna be when his contract with Disney was up. They'll just bring Tom Holland over to their movies. This gives them a way to do that, and I think via this uh, multiverse shit, I can't remember which Spider-Man it is that has multiverse powers that's a Nexus being. One of the Spider-Man is a Nexus being, and that's how you get the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Um,
1: Uh, like 2099?
0: Maybe 2099, yeah. And And then uh, you get Miles Morales in there. And and I think that's how we're going to get a new Spider-Man in the MCU, whether Mm -hmm. it's Miles Morales or whoever. It's probably going to be Miles Morales because... Yeah, let's put a uh, black kid as Spider-Man. Like I like that idea. Mm-hmm. And, There's a black uh, man
1: at the end of time. Yeah. I thought that was a bold move. I enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's how they're going to get rid of Tom Holland,
0: but he's still Spider-Man, but give us a new Spider-Man in the MCU, ultimately. Because mm-hmm. since this thing was in Loki, it showed that the time, the sacred timeline's a fucking circle. So, like the Big Bang, like I said last week, is uh, it'll explode out, mm-hmm. and then it's going to... Come back in and tight tight tighten that butthole.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So.
0: Tighten
3: that ass.
2: But that's all about I got to say on that. Yeah, I
0: think, yeah. I think I mean,
1: we've about exhausted the There's
2: plenty of cool nerd stuff to be excited about. Yeah. That's that's really the the main gist of it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Loki. Yeah, it's a good yeah, show. Thanks, I was Loki. trying to
0: get us out out of here in time to go to comedy. Uh yeah, anything you wanna pump before we get out of here? Anything I wanna pump.
1: Pomp it uh, come on check out the Acropolis. Pompers it's, like to uh, it's my new job and it's you know my new favorite place. it's great. yeah their food's delicious. They got vegan and gluten-free options. We're about to have some gluten-free vodka on t- on not on tap but uh yeah in stock and um, we've got rotating specials and everything we got rotating booze and we got some stuff that's there all the time, but it's all delicious so come on check it out.
0: But you, you got a show coming up.
2: Yeah, August thirteenth, at JJ's Bohemia Dark Comedy is coming back. I'm excited. This nice. is a big stacked lineup too. Uh, they've always been kind of like boutique uh, sideshow kind of things where they were often like, you know, like art galleries and like very like small venues. JJ's is still small, but it's a bigger venue and definitely got more of a profile on it. Um, so that's why, like, I want to stress this is a dark humor show. This is very advertised as such. So if you've If you've got a weak constitution (laughs) if you can't hang um if you can't take a fucking joke don't come to the show you should come to the show though if you if you do i know there's tickets available um hit up charles newbie i know bridget martin's on it so she's gonna definitely uh putting out that info as well i don't have any of it handy because i'm 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 terrible but i'm on it so it'll be fun it's a lot a lot of good comics bryant's hosting it bryant smith um gonna be uh man i'm probably gonna ruin my life (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah should be fun when was that august 13th that's friday the 13th yeah. in august yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: friday the 13th go see ian crashing Fuck burn.
2: yeah yeah it's i'm gonna say things that i would never say at a normal show and that should that should say how serious i am about the things i'm gonna say but i'm gonna say some very awful things
0: <laughs> fuck yeah and uh yeah like i said at the top get on down to riverside wine and spirits and Merchants on Main, right there on Main Street. They got tons of neat little treasures for you. And brewchat.com slash store. Go help support us. Buy a t shirt, buy a fanny pack, whatever. And Hopped Up Network at hoppedupnetwork.com. You can find us along with other beer podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's been that. So uh, I don't even know what episode this was. I think this is 298. 298. Nice. All right. Well, either way, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in we